This is Homebuyer Talk Radio with your host, Mark Evinger. Now, here's Mark. Welcome to Homebuyer Talk Radio. So there's a lot of people looking to become real estate agents here in Texas because of the booming housing market. So coming up on the show today, we're going to get some pro tips to help aspiring real estate agents get started so they can have the best chance at success. We're also going to talk with the owner of the highest rated handyman service in the San Antonio area. And that's no joke. He's on purpose. I love having him on the show. Who's going to help uh, us with uh, home buyers and home sellers that are trying to take care of some problems with their home inspection reports that may freak them out a little bit. Um, and speaking of home inspections, uh, we're going to talk with a, pro- a professional home inspector about battling these high property tax appraisal reports that we are all getting here in the San Antonio area. So if you're having one of those, you're in the right spot. In studio with us today is Noah Ballard, a licensed real estate broker and author of The DIY Real Estate Agent. Noah, welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me. Also in the studio with us today is Paul Pacheco, owner of PJP Handyman. Paul, welcome back. Thanks, Mark. All right, buddy. And we have Jeff Oyer, the owner of Oyer Professional Inspection Services. This is Jeff's first time on the show. So, Jeff, welcome. Thank you, Mark. I've been impressed so far. I mean, you're on purpose. I like your uniform style. So your prior military... Yes, sir. Air Force. Awesome. All right, cool. A quick reminder for our listeners that you can catch our podcast and watch video versions of the show anytime by visiting our website at homebuyertalkradio.com. All right, so Noah, you're a broker here in San Antonio. You run a successful team called the Valor Team, which you've got on your shirt there for those who are watching on a video. Um, So a lot of people are looking to make a kind of a turn towards real estate, maybe as a second income or maybe even as a prior income or a primary income. Um, So, but it's not as easy as we may think, right? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of misconceptions and myths about how easy it is to be a realtor. And a lot of people think that, you know, you can just get your license and sell one or two houses a year and that's all you got to do. But there's a lot more involved. It is a business. And so that's really what I wanted to talk about today is giving people tips, explain the process and that kind of stuff. All right. So so if somebody's thinking about getting involved, they need to consider the test, right? Because, I mean, that's how you get your licensing. You got to be prepared for that. And a friend of mine just recently went through all of this, and it wasn't as easy as, I mean, there's people failing the test. So that's a very real thing. So give us some insight on that. Yeah, so uh, there's a lot more involved as far as, like, you need background checks and fingerprints taken and all kinds of stuff. But the real meat and potatoes of starting off is getting your education. So you need to go through specific classes that the Texas Real Estate Commission requires um, to to become a real estate uh, apprentice, right? Um, And... You take those classes. Once those classes are complete, you've got your background check and everything done. That's when you can apply to take the test. Um, And the test is actually two tests in one. It's the national test and the state test. You go and they're all jumbled together. You take them at the same time. Um, But yeah, there are a lot of people that it takes multiple tries or maybe they'll, you'll be able to pass the national, but you can't pass the state. And then you have to come back and take the state. And I believe unless it's changed, you get three tries um, to take them. And so, then what happens? Uh, if you fail, to my recollection, you have to go back and take additional uh, classes. Mm. To, detention. We call that detention. Yeah, detention. <laughs> yeah, you go back to detention uh, and you learn more about it. And then you come back and have uh, additional attempts to, to pass it. So um, some people can do it right off the bat. Some people are really good test takers. Um, but it does take a decent amount of prep work for that test. That's right. Right. Would you advise like, um, if they know somebody who's recently been through the, the process of getting their license, maybe chat with them a little bit, get some. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Um, you know, it's good to get an idea of how those, those, 
those uh, the, the test runs and the, the content and quality of those, those tests. And that way you get an idea of like, okay, do I feel prepared or not? Um, so yeah, I definitely want to prep as much as possible. Um, there's a lot of classes or, or like even like eBooks that'll help you with uh, uh, test prep. Yeah. Um, there's tons of different vendors out there. Um, I definitely recommend getting like a, a test prep course because they'll give you even uh, Pearson view is the company that puts on the tests. They actually put out a test prep uh, course and they're the ones that make the test. That sounds like a conflict of interest to me. I'm just saying <laughs> it's like bit, if yeah. you take our course, which is only $499.95, we'll make sure you pass. Yeah, that, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not going to lie. Like the, the prep course was pretty uh, in line with, in the, line test with the test questions. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So, it, all right. So licensing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and test prep. We got it. Uh, what about having some kind of a business plan yeah. um, as far as, you know, getting in, getting up and going quickly? Yeah. So, you know, when you get your real estate license, um, you really are a small business owner. It is your business. Mm-hmm. A lot of people get uh, wrapped up in the thought of, oh, I work for a broker or, you know, it's the broker's business. But when you're a real estate agent and you have that license, it really is your business. So um, a lot of agents or new agents skip this step and they don't create a business plan. Um, and that's really important because you can get your license, but you just don't have any direction. If you sit down and you actually write out a business plan, you, you're giving yourself direction and you know how to execute that, right? You're, you're basically creating a plan um, and giving yourself steps to make that happen and to grow. Um, so, you know, th- there's... Just to, of, let me p- yeah. piggyback on that. So it's, it's not a job. Right. It's a business. Right. There's a big difference. Yeah, you're the owner. Yeah, that's right. You're the owner of that business. You're, initially, you're a sole proprietor. Um, so one of the big things about uh, a, a business plan is defining your sphere of influence, right? So real estate is very heavily referral based. Um, and so, you know, if you picture a sphere, you're in the middle of it and then your friends and family are a little bit further out from you, right? And then from there, it continues to grow and get bigger and bigger. And you've got that network, that sphere that gets bigger and bigger. So you want to define what's my sphere of influence, right? Do I go to the gym? Do I have a personal trainer? Do I have another job uh, where I have coworkers? You know, I've got friends and family. Where did they go? Do I belong to a church? Do I, am I involved in church events? Um, you know, there's an agent in our company. She was really good at it, uh, at, at building her sphere. She was very active in the gym. She knew a lot of people. She was very active also in like boutique stores. And so she was able to leverage her relationships with those areas and those owners would let her come in if there was like a sale or an event, she could put up a booth. Um, so an example would be like the boutique store had like a sale or an event. They would let her set up a booth or a table and market herself there. And they liked it because she was bringing in more traffic to, to their event. And it worked well for her because she was also able to take part of the traffic that was coming into the boutique store. So that's how she expanded her, um, uh, her sphere of influence. And that's, one of the big things that a business plan does, you can also, you know, you, you set up your marketing plan um, and there's a host of, of other things you put into that business plan, but it's very important that you have some type of business plan uh, ready to rock and roll when you dive into this business. Yeah. And marketing needs to be a part of that because it, marketing dollars are hard to spend. People yeah. don't like to let go of those little greenbacks when it comes to marketing. And you don't want to shotgun your marketing, right? You want to right. be very intentional about what you pay for and how you pay for it. It's very easy. When you get your real estate license, I guarantee you, 
All these other people get your phone numbers and your emails mm-hmm. and you'll be getting call and email. Oh, hey, we're this marketing firm in California and we, we provide you leads. Just pay us $3,000 a month. Oh my gosh. And you get all these kinds of promises and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. It's very easy when you first start to say, well, that sounds good and start funneling your money there. And then you, you're out your money. Especially when you're looking at it, you know, 6000 9000 $12,000 possible commission check. You yep. start spending that in your head really, really fast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. Anyway. All right. So uh, what about choosing a broker? Yeah. So, you know, your broker is going to give you the avenue to run your business. So it's very important to interview brokers and find out which one's the best for you, right? There's tons of different brokers out there. There's tons of different brokerage models. But you want to interview them and find out, you know, what's their commission split? Are there any lead opportunities? What kind of training opportunities are there? And how's the culture? Because you've got different brokerages like hybrid brokerages, cloud brokerages. You've got boots on the ground, uh, uh, you know, uh, brick and mortar brokerages. And you need to find out what, you know, or what's not on boutique brokerages. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to find out what works for you and what's going to help you grow your business. So a lot of broke, a lot of real estate agents are going to really focus in on the commission split. So obviously commission split can change as the relationship develops and as you improve your performance with that brokerage. Is that... Should how close of a how big of a decision factor should be the should the commission split be yeah. when they're first starting should that really be a huge factor or should we pay attention to these other things first? Yeah, I mean it is a big factor. Something to keep in mind is um, what I've seen with different brokerages is you'll have brokerages that have large commission splits in the sense of the broker keeps a lot of it right. Um, but they also provide a lot to their agent. So that might be appealing to a new agent because they're going to get a lot of uh, structure uh, when they first start to help them build their business. On the flip side, you have a lot of uh, brokerages where they say, oh, we only charge $100 or you know whatever it is. It's very right. minimal. But if you look at it, they really don't provide broker support. They really don't provide anything. It's just, hey, you, here's my license. You can hang your license with me. And I'm your broker and you get to keep the most, you know, most of your commission. Um, some people like that because then you have a little bit more say of where your dollar goes. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's kind of like more of a DIY. Yes. Uh, you know, thing, which, which actually brings up, if you guys are watching on video, this is a copy of Noah's book, which I was a little offended because he didn't tell me <laughs> until recently that he actually had a book. I so I ordered it immediately from Amazon. It's called the DIY real estate agent, how to limit outsourcing for maximum profits. And this is where, you know, you take, over some of those smaller tasks that maybe you don't want to pay somebody else to do right now so you can kind of keep more of your paycheck, especially in those early days of getting started. So if you're getting started in real estate, I definitely recommend that you check this book out. It's on Amazon as well. And Noah, if people want to get a hold of you, how do they do that? Yeah, you can. uh, My website is www.alamo-homes.com. I'm also on Instagram, alamohomes.sa. And then, uh, yeah, my email is noah at alamo-homes.com. So if you have any questions about getting started in real estate um, or uh, brokerage, I'd love to sit down with anybody that wants to join a brokerage or just get started in real estate and help them out. All right. Cool. I appreciate that. All right. So if every every week when, when I do the show, I like to uh, put out some social media advice for a lot of small business owners we're spending way too much money when it comes to um, social media advertising because we don't understand the world and we're kind of at the mercy of whoever it is that is working for us. So let me go over to this month's or this week's tip is really a monthly social media sales funnel. 
And it's a big uh, mouthful, but it's really, really simple. So you set a goal for the month as a small business owner. And I'm going to use, Paul, since you're here, it was just a, an easy one for me to use. Let's say you want to increase sales for duct cleaning, dryer duct cleaning, right? Um, so four posts, and I, I go over this a lot with business owners, you don't need to po- overpost um, on your Facebook and your social media. Um, so post number one, now this is throughout the whole month, right? And you can get these done earlier, but you really only need one per week. Problem awareness. Why do they need the duct cleaning? And we covered that actually in one of our shows. A helpful tip. Well, here's some things you guys can do. Like how about emptying the dryer, the the lint catcher, right? I mean, that's simple, right? Put a calendar on it or put some kind of sticker on there that reminds you. Um, A testimonial. Is somebody happy with the work that you did? And then some kind of offer, an irresistible offer, as they call it, that really promotes some kind of special that you're running for that month. So if you plan to execute this correctly, you have a fantastic chance at increasing your sales, right? But you got to have a plan. You can't just shotgun it, as I think Noah said earlier. Um, So if your small business owner wants help with your social media strategy, my company, Krukus Marketing, can absolutely help you with that. And our services are only get this $250. People might be thinking, well, wait a minute, that's way too cheap. But it's not. It's actually right on point because of the way we structure everything. So if you want to set up a 15-minute demo, give me a call at 726-216-7100 or visit us online at krukus.com. That's C-R-U-K-U-S.com. All right, Paul, welcome to the show again. As always, um, you are a an exceptional handyman service. You guys are highly rated on Google. I've heard nothing but positive uh, uh, feedback about you. Everybody who comes on the show and meets you is is excited that you're here and that there's a dependable handyman service, right? Yeah, they don't exist. Yeah, besides, <laughs> Thank you. besides him. He's right, the only they're one harder exists. to find. They are. And speaking of being at the mercy uh, of folks, but so anyway, um, let me introduce you properly. You're the owner of PJP Handyman, which is probably the highest rated handyman business in the San Antonio area. Um, a lot of people are out there buying and selling homes in the San Antonio area. It's, it's like we're getting, our market is flooded right now with that inventory is low. People are stressed out over the sale and purchase of the home on both sides of it. Um, and it can be a bit of a punch in the stomach when that home inspection report comes and, and, uh, no, I know you're familiar with this as well. It's like, it can be a buzz kill, right? It's like, well, the roof's about to fall in you're like, oh my gosh, what's, (laughs) you know, it's just like kills the whole deal. So, Paul, you really help. You work closely with uh, home inspectors, and you've invited Jeff Oyer onto the show today as well Correct. to talk a bit about that. But uh, how exactly do you help in this area with uh, these home inspection reports? Well, it's pretty simple. When the inspector, like Jeff, or somebody sends me the inspection report or the homeowner, I help them kind of decipher and break down the pricing process because a lot of them – that deal depends on if they're buying the house. Right. They're thinking, am I going to spend 5000 whatever, to sell this house or buy this house? Do I want to buy this house? I help them kind of price it out. And if I don't have, like if I can't do the work, if it's HVAC or electrical or something like that, I have a good referral of networks that I can sub that out to or refer to that they can get them prices. So we are kind of the only ones that really help people with that. And I do charge a little fee to kind of compensate my time and because they may not buy the house after seeing my pricing or whatever, they may say, you know what, I'm going to hold off or try to get more money to negotiate on the pricing of the house. So that's how we help out. A lot of these homers have no idea who to send these reports to after the inspector does it. Right. So if somebody is wanting, uh, do you 
actually go visit the home on all of the callouts, or is it no. just a couple of items you might just do it on the phone? Correct. I'll tell them. I keep it simple. I tell them, look, especially during COVID, it kind of changed things. I tell them, can you send me, you know, four screenshots of what the buyer wants you to repair or seller, and they'll send me those pictures, and then I could just kind of give them a rough price. If they want me to go over the whole inspection report, then I'll have them email it, and then I can do a lot because these inspectors. They're pretty thorough on getting pictures, on actually even kind of telling me what I need to do. So, so let's talk about uh, so fencing as an example may come up. Like if a fencing had been destroyed, how would you? What would be your process on that? What kind of questions should maybe the homeowner should anticipate? Uh, I want to know what they want done. Do they want it replaced or repaired? Um, okay. If I need to go out and measure, then that's fine. I'll go out and measure and get them a price. Most of the time, it's just kind of patching it up so they can sell the house. Gotcha. I could give them a rough price right then and there. And they hire us. So most of the times they do. Well, yeah. So what would be like turnaround time? I mean, how quickly can you get these jobs done? Because obviously the, the homes are moving very, very quickly. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the people want to get it done and, and move on, especially if it's the seller, right, who's it doing is. the repairs. We usually have a week or sometimes two weeks. It just depends. If they tell me I need it done by Monday, then we'll try to get it done that, that weekend. Okay. A lot of fencing is done on the weekend because my guys working during the week and they like to knock it out on the weekend. So let's talk a little bit about the different stuff. So fencing, obviously, painting, some drywall yes. repairs, um, like rotted wood fascia. Yeah, we help with all those. So a lot of times they'll send me a picture of the drywall, and that stuff we can do pretty quickly, and we'll repair the drywall for them. We don't just have a handyman that just does everything. We hire actual drywall guy, a fence crew. So we try to make it a simple and easy as possible. Yeah, and quick. Yes. And fast, which, you know, I think people appreciate that. So um, how do you handle jobs now requiring licensing? Because when a house is under contract, then it may require somebody like with an electrical license, HVAC license or whatever. How do you handle those situations? Well, right now, touched on that. we're listed as a general contractor. Uh-huh. So we can do a lot of them, but like HVAC, plumbing and all that, we would have to refer them to somebody else. And you have like a good quality network of folks? Yes, we do. That, that are doing that, right? We do. All right, cool. Excellent. All right, so um, now how do you know Jeff? What's the story there? Uh, me and Jeff, I don't remember how we met. We He probably contacted me, found me on Facebook. Um, but we've known each other because a lot of, we're in the same area, see below shirts. So a lot of my clients are his, and we know each other, kind of Christian brothers. Yeah. And, and what made you refer want to refer him, you know, kind of bring him on the show and, and get him some exposure for that? What? He's a good inspector. He's honest. Uh, he's reasonable. And he tells customers the truth. And a lot of my clients were talking about him. So plus he's given me a lot of work. So yeah, It's I've, always good too. Yeah. The inspections that he does, he trusts my company to take care of his customers. So in Referrer, I said, you know, he'd be a good guy to bring on because, you know, he's an honest guy. He'll tell you the truth. And like if sometimes if you don't even got the money, he'll help you out. He's just he's a good guy. So specials, you got any specials going on? What what are you promoting this month? This month we're promoting the dryer vents. Okay. Because people, man, too many are buying new dryers. Dryers are hard to find now. And so we're running a special 149 dryer vent cleaning. And then if you do the chimney and the dryer, it's 249. Now, what if they tried to do their dryer vent cleaning themselves and then the pieces broke off and now it's clogged? Yeah. What do you- it, it's going to run a little more because now we have to fish that out. <laughs> yeah, so right. There's a special on my thing. It's $200 to remove a stuck, one of those Home Depot kits. And we remove those and we clean the vent. Gotcha. So, oh, well, that's good to know. If people want to get in touch with you, how do they do that? They can reach us at pjphandyman.com or they can call us at 210 
330-2820. All right, awesome. We're on Facebook, hey, too. Thank you, Paul. I appreciate that. Thank you. All right, so next up on the show is Jeff Oyer, the owner of Oyer Professional Inspection or Inspector Services. Did I say that right, Jeff? Yes, sir. Okay, awesome. This is Jeff's first time on the show, and I'm excited to have you here. So a little bit about your background. Uh, so you're prior Air Force. You retired as a senior master sergeant. That's right. As an E-8. Uh, which are very on-purpose type individuals. You worked for OSHA. You're, you did inspections for OSHA as well? In the Air Force. In the Air Force yeah. for how many years? For 13 years. Awesome. Okay. And you've been a home inspector since when? 2017. Awesome. All right. So when I first started talking to you, because uh, I was referred to you by Paul, um, I think you brought it up about the ta- the property tax appraisals. You said that you're spending a little bit of time helping folks with these battles that are going on. So can you kind of explain that a little bit? How are you helping? Absolutely. So um, a few homeowners um, have reached out to me, wanted to know if I could help them battle their tax appraisal. And so I thought, sure, I can help you. And and these houses that are these homeowners that are using my services to battle their appraisals, um, I'm finding broken trusses in the roof, for example. Oh wow! Pretty dangerous areas, um, roofs, shingles that have not been put on properly, and cracking. This particular house is near the the uh, Guadalupe County rock quarry up there, and those explosions are causing uh, drywall cracks. I didn't know there's explosions going on up there. Are they dynamiting up there? Yeah. Oh, okay. wow. And um, uh, so all this, for that particular homeowner, we were able to knock down 15000 on their appraisal, for example. Okay. All right. Yeah. That was a more recent one. Other ones, um, I haven't received feedback on their reduction for their appraisal. As so well. you provide, they're like, hey, I'm concerned about the report. I don't think my home is, is this valuable um, and I just want to be real with the property tax folks that are sitting behind a desk somewhere. So here, yes. here's the reality of my situation. And by getting a professional like yourself to come out and actually do a, it, it's hard for them to fight against that, right? At the right. tax appraisal office. I mean, you, you've got a professional report by somebody who's licensed to do it. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, also what I'll do is I'll, I will get on the appraisal website before my arrival at the home and I'll look at lighthouses in the neighborhood. For example, the one house um, was 1975. The home across the street from them was 2017. The 2017 house was appraised 30000 less than their house. Okay, that doesn't sound fair. No. None of us fair. <laughs> so, but again, it's, so I so I provide that information to the homeowner. It's a computer out there that's doing all of this, that's right? right? I mean, it, it's just like there's there's not that many humans working that. But stuff. the photos and the inspections are reviewed by people, and that's why it's real big and helps with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he brings the ammo. Mm-hmm. Yep. So definitely, you know, challenging that. I'm actually challenging mine. This is the first time we're actually setting an appointment to go in mm-hmm. and have a sit down with these folks and be like, ah, so there there are hurting smart. homeowners yeah. on on this most recent appraisal yeah i mean i don't want to speak to motivation but it, I, I don't like the the sound of that at all so that's really cool so what are you charging for your property tax reports my property tax reports can uh based on square footage but they're mostly 190 dollars. okay awesome okay. and then you're taking pictures and stuff with all of that right as well with so, everything okay awesome yep. 
Okay, and then so uh, something that you brought up too when I was getting to know you a little bit is, which I think is just awesome. It kind of dovetails off of Noah's book that he writes, but you give out um, re- a really helpful PDF manual. You send that to everybody that you do a report with. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Sure. My uh, home maintenance manual, uh, I created that because homeowners, um, they're spending uh, a big chunk of their life savings on that investment. And with something that's so expensive, how can we afford not to take care of it? So that's why I created my home maintenance manual. So I imagine you, you, you run into a lot of folks, right? And they don't necessarily know some basic stuff that they can do around the house that maybe it's like, hey, you need to pay attention to this or it's going to overwhelm whatever that situation is. It's going to be super expensive. Correct. You know, like for me, for example, I've got trees in my, my yard that are like, okay, well, these are like 20-year trees and we're coming up on 16 years and I can see some stress on the trees. I'm like, uh, but that's something that falls on the roof. It could be a problem, right? But that's yeah. just an example of where I'm at. But uh, just general awareness, I think, is super powerful because it saves people money and empowers them. Absolutely. Uh, one of the – in the local area, the most efficient area involves foundations. Sure. Okay. So when we're in the dry season and the ground starts alligatoring, cracking, yep. and the ground separates from the foundation, then we get a rain. That rain gets between the dirt. The ground and the foundation. And I've seen washouts under foundations that you could fit a Volkswagen Beetle in. Mm. Oh, wow. That's how severe it is. And so, you you can't see it as you drive by. That's that's how those areas are formed is through this drying. And this, we didn't, we're not even aware of them because we don't necessarily see them when they're... No, you don't. That's right. That's right. And you can find those? That's what I find. Wow. That's kind of important. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Absolutely. And... Um, uh, if they need a foundation repair, then I have foundation companies here that are local. They're they're not like in Houston or or Shreveport. Local or Pakistan. Yeah, yeah or Pakistan. Even worse. <laughs> local boys here that will correct and they give lifetime warranties with their work. Awesome. That's for the homeowner. Well, Jeff, I mean, I've actually found myself a little bit captivated with your, I don't know, it's the way you talk about it, whatever you're talking about, but I'm like totally zoned in on what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> so it's um, been a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you. If folks yes. want to get in touch with you, how do they do that? Uh, at my phone, uh, 210-630-7574 or my website, oyerprofessionalinspectorservices.com. All right. Awesome. Well, fellas, everybody did a fantastic job on the show today. Um, I appreciate you. you guys coming out. Um, for our listeners, if uh, you guys want to catch podcast version of our show, homewiretalkradio.com is a great place to do that. In fact, I usually keep one of the latest ones up there. And then also our YouTube channel, um, we keep our videos up there as well. Our YouTube channel, we're like right at 1,500 subscribers, and we only started in January. So I want to thank you guys, our listeners out there, very much for being a part of the community. And uh, that's going to be it for this show. You guys have a great week, and we'll see you on the next one. Thank you, thank Mark. You. Thank you. Thank you much. Mark.